The Money Show. The Africa Business Report. Ronak Gopoldis is Director and Africa Analyst at Signal Risk. Africa is not a country, but um, it's had a, a rough couple of years, Ronak, and economic growth has been affected badly. Some countries have held up better than others. A, a broad overview as to what we might be able to expect? Yeah, hi, Bruce. Um, I want to be optimistic, but I think it's really going to be another challenging year for the continent. Uh, And that's just because there's so much uncertainty. You know, this time last year, we started to get excited about a recovery, potentially. uh, But we ended up with three very different R words, Russia, risk and recession. And that's what dominated the discourse. Um, The continent was hit by a series of external and internal shocks. In addition to the war, we had to deal with a strong dollar and tight monetary policy, which drove up the cost of funding. Europe had a, a, a profound energy crisis, um, which, which really hurt consumers. And then on account of a zero COVID policy, the Chinese economy was struggling. So that created this risk-off environment, triggered a wave of contagion, and the impact was significant across financial markets, across trade, and across investment. Now, if we look at 2023, Nobody really knows how long the Ukraine war is going to last. We've still got fears of a global recession. Um, Geopolitical tension is lingering. Uh, Policymakers are not really sure what to do. So the risk environment remains elevated. Uh, But I guess the one silver lining is that with China ending its zero-COVID policy, this could act as a bit of a stimulus to the global economy, um, particularly for for commodity prices uh, and commodity demand, which will benefit Africa. Uh, what are we doing? I mean, as a as a region, as a continent, but perhaps SADC or perhaps just yeah, sub-Saharan Africa, what are we doing to help ourselves? Um, we kind of look at the global macros and go, ooh, that's hard. Um, you know, just incredibly encouraging to see um, the president with uh, his Kenyan counterpart um, signing an agreement that, you know, Kenyans could come to South Africa for a visa-free period. I think it's up to three months or whatever the case is. And you sort of look at that and you go, well, that's kind of the sort of common sense stuff we need to be seeing happening more um, provided, of course, borders can be possibly monitored and people can be asked to go home when it's time. But um, it, it's a, well, you get a clear sense that there are some efforts, but are we doing enough? Yeah, so um, I think, you know, the, the key message, I think, is, is to look inward and to, to cooperate regionally. Um, we know that the African Continental Free Trade Agreement was launched um, and is in motion and live trading commenced, um, you know, uh, quite recently. And um, I think the, the message, because the external environment is so harsh uh, and we've got so many risk factors to contend with between Europe, China and the U.S., um, you know, creating regional markets, uh, you know, reducing friction costs, collaborating with each other, trading with each other, um, all increases market size and access and makes us more desirable to international investors. Um, so I definitely think that regional cooperation is, is the first thing we need to do. Um, and then diversify our economies. So it's not rocket science. Um, you know, we need to kind of actively uh, broaden uh, our, our uh, economies, um, increase our, our, our tax nets, uh, and then stop scoring on goals in our policymaking. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. What are the economic risk factors that you're watching? What are you, I mean, are there regions of this continent that you are concerned about? I saw the Rwandan president getting very cross about migration today, for example. Um, there, there's, there's quite a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, I, I think the, the, the bigger risks come externally, Bruce. I, you know, I, I kind of looked at the, the US, Europe and China. And again, the, what happens on a fiscal and monetary level over there 
I think is going to have the biggest impact on Africa this year. Um, you know, from a monetary policy perspective, if the Fed and the ECB raise interest rates too quickly, that's going to choke growth. If they are too slow to act, then inflation is going to become sticky and entrenched. From a fiscal policy perspective, um, you know, policymakers are firefighting by throwing money at the problem, but that's potentially counterproductive. So, you know, what happens in the global environment affects commodity prices, it affects the growth outlook, it affects risk sentiment. Um, and unfortunately, Africa feels the pinch of, of growth and liquidity slumps in the developed world. So I think that's the bigger risk for me. Yeah, and of course, this time last year, Russia had not yet invaded Ukraine, if memory serves, and sort of were playing toy soldiers on the borders of Ukraine. And uh, some of us were looking at it going, they're not serious. No, please. I mean, what kind of, oh, yes, that kind of idiot would invade. Um, and the Russians have been given a, a swift, sharp lesson in humility in many cases in that, in that war on Ukrainian soil. Uh, one wonders how that pans out and how important that is in terms of an outlook for the African continent, considering that Russia is a critical trading partner of so many African economies. Yeah, it's a big, big risk, this uh, geopolitical, um, you know, unraveling that we're seeing. We're seeing a change in the world order. Uh, the economists call it the new geopolitical epoch. Uh, some call it the end of the globalization era, the start of the new Cold War. And I think what it's really highlighted is that the different visions and values about the future that are being advocated by global superpowers. And that creates geopolitical tension, which raises the prospect of conflict, and that has a real dampening effect on growth. So that is something that that is going that Africa is going to be kind of caught in the crossfires around. Um, there's also the China question. Then uh, China has looked inwards for the past couple of years. Um, you know, the, the era of big state loans and mega projects is kind of coming to an end. So what does this mean for Africa? What does it mean for the Belt and Road Initiative? Um, again, you know, with the reopening, is that a big boost and a get out of jail free card? Um, and then the other thing is that with this shakeup geopolitically and this competition, um, Africa has been courted aggressively by global powers, and that's a positive. You know, the U.S. has a new strategy for Africa. The EU had a summit last year, so did Japan. Russia, from a military and security perspective, are ramping up their efforts. Um, and then you've got new partners. So rather than being exploited as, as African states were during the Cold War, I think there's a real opportunity here for trade and investment, um, which can be exploited. We know that South Africa's got some monetary policy space. We know that the Reserve Bank governor has been quite aggressive in raising interest rates. There are very clear indications that certainly South Africa's inflation picture is improving quite dramatically um, and uh, is sort of in line with a, a recovery happening in inflation in the United States. What about the rest of the continent? Though? Um, you know, we're a big and important economy on this continent, but we're not, not alone. Yeah, this is a hot topic, and, you know, Ghana last year announced that it was suspending um, foreign debt payments, and it becomes the fourth country now after Zambia, Ethiopia, and Chad to do this. Um, and I think in this kind of macro environment with tight financing conditions, we're increasingly likely to see African sovereigns calling for debt restructuring and relief because the risk of default is mounting. So, you know, 2022 was a, was a really horrible year, borrowing costs across the African continent for, for international debt hit a 15-year high. They were locked out of capital markets. And, you know, what's concerning here is the cost of borrowing and the composition of the debt because it's largely held by private creditors. So the question over here now is in 2023 and 2024, 2025, when a lot of these redemptions um, are due, what happens? Are we still going to be locked out of, of capital markets internationally. Um, and if that is the case, then I think we're likely to see 
uh, a wave of defaults across the continent, which uh, will not be pretty. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a big concern, and of course, and there's I mean Zambia all full of hope last year, and now it's following South Africa in terms of load shedding, and just you know, do you see any silver linings? I mean, we don't want la la candy floss and baby marshmallows, but I mean, do you see silver linings on this continent in the next twelve to eighteen months? Yeah, I think I think there are always silver linings. Um, you know, I think the one the one that stands out is on the energy side of things. Um, you know, prior to the invasion. 45% of, of Europe's gas came from Russia. Now, as it looks to decouple, this is creating opportunities for African players. Um, you know, the combination of sanctions and the global green energy transition creates opportunities across the, the solar, hydro, and wind uh, energy spaces. And we're seeing investment in projects picking up, including, you know, the likes of the Trans-Saharan Pipeline. So that's one area. The other is technology. You know, another bumper record year in the African startup scene uh, raised over $5 billion in investment with Nigeria and Kenya leading the way. Um, and then, you know, uh, I think there is momentum on the political and policy direction in, in many countries because, you know, for every coup, uh, there is some consolidation. We got a peace deal in Ethiopia last year. Uh, there's been you know, investor-friendly policies um, and an opening of the political space in Tanzania. In Gabon, we've had a, a real novel carbon credit scheme. Kenya had its most peaceful election in decades. Mozambique started exporting gas to Europe. So not all doom and gloom. Um, and I think uh, that's important to, to remember. Thank you to Rona Kapoldis, who is Director and Africa Analyst at Signal Risk this evening. Ronak on the line to us to, from the United Kingdom. Thank you, Ronak, very, very much indeed. Yeah, fascinating stories doing the rounds this year. Um, yeah, there are always good stories, and uh, the terrifying stories make the headlines, unfortunately.